Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 140 of the war in Israel. I'm joined by Daniel. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? Hey, Razi. Uh, I'm good, although exhausted in the last couple of days for some reason. Um, have you been uh, spending much time thinking about Rashida Tlaib? Because that'll usually... Uh, you know... I, that's that's all I do, and I that's why I can't sleep. So, um, Rashida Tlaib has been censured by the, uh, the House, and, um, you know, she's... She's back in the news. She's often in the news, so it's uh, it's it's not that surprising. But I want to talk about, uh, well, it's 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 a good sign on the one hand that she's censured, but uh, the fact that she's in the house is uh, something is is a point of concern. And I want to just talk about the the general issue there. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, uh, we're Ayn Rand Center UK. You know, in in um, UK politics uh, views such as Rashida Tlaib's are not that uh, rare. You know, Britain has had members of parliament, um, sitting members, former members, still has members of parliament openly calling for the destruction of Israel. I don't know that there are members of parliament uh, calling for the destruction of any other country, but they do call for the destruction or dismantling of Israel. And of course, the dismantling of Israel can only happen in in one way, it is by it is by killing you know everybody there, or at least all the Jews there. So uh, it, it's it's a uh, it's a way around the, um, the restrictions on speech in this country to, uh, to to talk about the dismantling of Israel. Uh, we had a leader of the opposition who was openly anti-Semitic and openly uh, uh, pro-terrorism, and and uh, you know worked for the uh, Iranian government as a talking head on their their propaganda channel. But the U.S. is is different. The U.S. has always been different. The U.S. was was created because people wanted something different. People wanted a a, a free country. People, you know, the American dream has been, uh, you know, was was uh, is a product of uh, the the bad ideas that have always ruled Europe, and those ideas are uh, becoming more and more acceptable in the U.S. and and we see the results of that. Um, you know, I'm. 41 years old, I still remember in my lifetime and as an adult, uh, people calling themselves socialists could not be elected. They were unelectable. Uh, you were unelectable in the U.S. if you self-identified as a, as a socialist. Now there are sitting members of uh, of the House who call themselves socialists, and maybe actually at least one in the Senate as well. So the U.S. has gone has gone downhill. I still think it's better than anywhere else. Um it's gone downhill in, you know, in whatever uh, is supposedly on the other side, because you know, the political right is uh, is also, you know, has, has uh, pretty much given up on advocacy for for free markets. Uh, the you know the one presidential candidate who actually has a, a semi rational foreign policy is uh, is you know electorally irrelevant. She's not uh, probably going to win a single state, uh, let alone have any chance of becoming president. So uh, Rashida Tlaib, to uh, coin a phrase, didn't happen in a vacuum, uh, but she happened and she's there and she's, uh, she's you know, she, she's she's a, uh, a symbol of, I think, uh, uh, maybe the best symbol of the worst symbol of what America, uh, where America is going. Daniel, your initial thoughts about Rashida Tlaib before we go into some of the details. Well, I always hear about her, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. Something like someone like her, yeah, like like you said, gets into power, 
Luckily, we don't really have such a thing here in Slovakia, or at least yet. Possibly because we are still somewhat of a backward country, so we have different things to deal with than talk about the the destruction of Israel. Uh, but, well, something that's interesting in American politics is the fact that you have a lot of these like local elections for the representatives, which allows people like, uh, maybe like more radical people in uh, more, let's say, extremist places like Rashida Talib to actually get into uh, getting to the House of Representatives. Uh, uh, not sure how much I can say just about her. I have many things to say about what she done specifically in uh, in recent. Uh, we even have uh, we even have a clip if you want to play that. You're muted. Yeah, we're we're gonna play a clip of her, um, you know, responding uh, to to the vote. But um, uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's let's play that now and uh, you know see her response and, and what um, what we can make of it. Uh, let me just ask you because I have two clips. Uh, do you want with the silence or without the long silence? That happens. Uh, well, the one I sent you, uh, the one from MSNBC, which uh... yeah, but she has like a fifteen seconds pause. I wanna, do you wanna? Oh, play with the... uh, yeah, I think the pause is is okay. important. The pause is intentional. All right. I will not be silenced, and I will not let you distort my words. I can't believe I have to say this, but pa Palestinian people are not disposable. We are human beings, just like anyone else. The cries of the Palestinian and, ch Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me. Why, what I don't understand is why the cries of Palestinians sound different to you all. You're muted again. Oh, I'm I'm uh, muted again. Yeah, of course the uh you know the the crying, the uh, playing the victim. This is this is this is something you would expect from somebody who supports uh, the Palestinians. You know they were they were uh, not playing the victim on October seventh because uh, and, and you know because it, it was it would have been uh, more difficult to sell. Uh, so they were celebrating their their victory, and now they are um, crying. Uh, crying on uh, on stage and um uh saying Palestinian people are not disposable we are human beings and of course you know viewers of this channel will know if you if you truly do acknowledge uh the fact that uh all human beings have free will and uh yes the Palestinian people if you treat them as human beings uh the way the way you would uh, respond to October 7th or to their previous um you know uh attempts to uh, pursue their national mission would have been to um, uh, would have been military action and, and much stronger military action. But uh, no, she she cries about the children. She doesn't say a word, of course, about the people who brought the children, uh, who put the children in that position, because those are the evil people that a, a good a good person would fight against, rather than um, the people who somebody uh, would would side with if they are if they have any sense of decency.
Yeah, so when she's talking about she's talking about it in a you know very tribalistic way, she does consider herself a Palestinian American. I believe she's a a child of two Palestinian immigrants. I'm wondering if she's considered a refugee. Uh, of course, but, she's considered a refugee. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would point out, because uh, many people are saying she's a fake crying, I I don't think she is. Uh, and I think if you say she is fake crying, I think you're letting her get away with it. Uh, because you think it's just some sort of political move. I think she's actually like so. Like with people like this, I think at some point they're just so devoid of reality that, uh, and I think I've heard this something similar happen at the, and I can't can remember the name of her, uh, but there was uh, like one person who also like really cried for the Palestinian, but they had basically like no reaction about the, the October seventh, and with people like this, you have to acknowledge like, uh, you know, Ayn Rand often talks about how. You know, your emotions are reflections of basically your beliefs. And if you have no emotional reaction to October 7th and you cry for anything that happened to the Palestinians, something is completely warped in your mind. Basically, your hatred for Israel is overcoming any sort of, you know, empathy, even let's say, even if you consider Israel the worst state ever, even for the Israeli children. If you don't even cry for them, uh, your mind is, like I said, completely warped. And I, and I hear that sometimes. Uh, I mean, the uh, uh, I'm not sure if you know about him, the nephew of Cheng Yuger, Hassan Piker, uh, oftentimes talks about the settler childrens, basically that even the childrens in the settlements are basically like colonialists and deserve to die, basically, as well as all other uh, settlers. Yeah, and I bet he's calling for a ceasefire now. That's that's um, you know something we we often talk about, and and we'll keep talking about that. The uh, the the people who call for a ceasefire do so in the same breath as as they call for a genocide, as we saw in the you know the the um, slogans that were projected onto a Big Ben a couple of days ago in the UK. Um, <clears throat> yeah, she's, uh, you know, um, so she was actually in October, there was a report by, um, an organization called, let me just make sure I get it right. Uh, Canary Mission, Canary Mission uh, is an organization in, um, uh, well, I'll read their Twitter bio. It's Canary Mission exposes hatred and anti-Semitism on college campuses and beyond. And they, uh, had a report talking about her Ties to Hamas. Uh, one of the things that it said in the in the tweet is she uh, was working with Hamas activist uh, Saleh Sarsour, um, and who co-hosted a, a, a campaign event for her. So, um, yeah, there's there's um, you know people who people who vote for someone like that or people who are okay with someone like that in parliament. Um, that is what they're okay with. You know, this is uh, this is. I, I don't know if they're unaware of the specific details of everything she does, but you don't need to be aware that she, you know, she um, had an event, a campaign event hosted by a Hamas activist. You need to listen to her talk and you need to, um, uh, you know, listen to her talk before October 7th about Israel. <clears throat> she, she, um, there was the whole incident where she wanted to visit um, her grandma in, uh, in somewhere in uh, Israel or in, uh, in, um, you know, Palestinian-controlled territories. Israel wouldn't allow her, and they allowed her. 
then she changed her mind, uh, basically doing a, a whole PR stunt uh, against Israel. So, um, uh, yeah, a and again, we we look at someone like that, and we need to look at them not in the not not with um, anger at the fact that they exist, because bad people will always be around, but the fact that they can reach such prominence. Prominence. The fact that this is not somebody who needs to hide their views when uh, dealing with polite society, but is actually elected by what you would hope is a polite society. Um, so yeah, Rashida Tlaib uh, is, is one of those people who should have terrified us before October 7th. But post October 7th, uh, again, we, we, we have no excuse to look at someone like that and say, why is why is this person, um, you know, who is voting for somebody like this? Why is this person considered a legitimate uh, part of the U.S. political spectrum? Yeah, uh, I always make the point of I. That's why I'm always struggling to like really get angry with politicians because I understand that ultimately it is the people behind them. It is the people who, uh, either, you know, some rich people who support their campaigns or the just your no your average voters who actually get them into into congress uh i mean it's not like if she would go away if something happened and i'm not saying something should happen uh, uh it, it's not like if she went away that uh those people would now elect someone who's pro israel i mean they either would uh, elect someone who is even more uh, as crazy as it sounds, pro, I mean, I want to say pro-Palestinian, but with someone with Rashida Tlaib, it, it is pro-Hamas. It's, yeah, we cannot, like, shy away from it. They would elect someone who would be in a similar way. That's why it's, yeah, that's why it's really important to, like I say, not focus too much on the politicians, but what ideas do they represent? What can we do about uh, challenging those ideas specifically rather than just calling them out um yeah there's so there's a few things i want to read out from this uh, report and we'll put a link in the description uh but i i do want to tie it a little bit to uk politics next week we will be talking about uk politics uh you know i don't know how much but potentially a lot uh there's a by-election in, in rochdale rochdale is of course we, we mentioned it yesterday that's the place where the uh famous the most famous of the um um, you know, child abuse rings uh, by local Muslim communities happened. Uh, <clears throat> there are there's a a labor the labor candidate was uh, kicked out of the labor party, but after he was already on the ballot, so he's going to run, but labor is not going to endorse him, and he's he's uh, um, running against George Galloway, who was probably the most notorious Israel hater in uh, in the UK, and. Um, yeah, so we have so these pockets exist uh, throughout the UK, throughout Europe, and of course they're they're um, at least when it comes to hating Jews, they're they're not out of place because this has there's been a tradition in Europe of uh, of of hating Jews and of anti-Semitism and of uh, you know uh, genocide against Jews. Uh, but again, we look at the US and uh, we we look at the US with um, some hope, a hope a hope that is. Uh, we're, we're at least from my perspective, I'm uh, losing, uh, you know, as, as every day goes by. Um, people are talking uh, in the chat about, you know, this is a, parts of Detroit and it's Dearborn, Michigan, which is uh, 
you know, the jihadist capital of, uh, of the U.S. But um, the rest of the U.S. is is kind of uh, okay with it to an extent. Again, they they censured her in the house, so that's that's a positive step. But there are she's she's not there's no consensus there. I think it was twenty two Democrats right who voted uh, against her. So most Democrats didn't vote against her. Most Democrats are okay with a terrorist supporting uh, member of their party representing them in in Congress. So. Um, so yeah, as a, as a sign of the culture, I think it's it's clear where um you know what Rashida Tlaib symbolizes and uh yeah, Daniel, let's uh, get your thoughts on that before we go into some of the details in the in the report. What specifically? Um just generally uh, you know what 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 it means although we have been talking about it, what it means culturally, what it means culturally you know that that this vote um was uh, was Pretty much split uh, down party lines. Although you know we need to give credit to the Democrats who voted against her. Uh, you know Israel was Israel was used to be a non-controversial topic in U.S. politics. Uh, you know both parties. This was one of the few things they agreed on completely supporting Israel. There's no question about that. Um, in in Europe, of course, that's that's never been the case. Um, but yeah, we we. It, Basically, we were seeing the Europe Europeanization of uh, U.S. politics, and uh, and you know, with it, with it, the the uh, Islamic elements as well that we see more and more of in in Europe. Yeah, one thing we've definitely seen is this sort of tribalization of sort of both sides. So I'm hoping it's the case of this, you know, Democrats standing up for Democrats just because they're Democrats, not because of this ideological line, because I believe still i'd say maybe even majority of democrats are still somewhat pro-israel even if they might be uh you know well no, no one's gonna be fully pro-israel but i think uh especially well something i wanted to talk about is this upcoming presidential election it truly really seems like it might be decided based on israel and we've seen even Rashida Talib calling out biden for being too pro-israel and basically telling her voters to don't vote for Biden in the presidential elections because of uh, the topic of Israel. So I'm really interested to see how much the this vote be will be decided based on Israel. And uh, yeah, I guess that will be my main point. I really hope it's we are still in this sort of partisan lines, and that's why they uphold her, or that's why they try to, uh, and not. Uh, it, it's hard to me imagine that so many de Democrats would actually agree with her position, uh, as bad as you know Democrats are generally on Israel. They're still, uh, I, I believe, they are still not at the level of uh, Rashida Tlaib. Oh yeah, that I would agree with. But uh, you know, it is it is always the uh, more principled people who move uh, who move the direction of a movement and um uh, you know that that is true whether or not the principles are good principles that is uh, that is that is how a jeremy corbyn could easily get elected in uh, in the labor party uh i i believe he would get elected today as well as, as at least the leader of the party um because yeah he, he represents he he's a more genuine uh, representative of their principles so here are some of the key findings, and again, uh, if you you can read the whole report on the Canary Mission website. Um, so some of their key findings uh, were that um, 
so it says Canary Mission can now confirm that Rashida Tlaib, um, sorry, wait, this is an update from November. I want to read the uh, original first. So Canary Mission can uh, confirm that Rashida Tlaib has extensive fundraising ties to Hamas supporters. Uh, she employed no less than three Hamas-linked activists to fundraise for her 2018 election campaign, one of whom has spent eight months in prison for his alleged connections to Hamas. This is not something you uh, you don't know when you hire someone, certainly for a political campaign, because um, you know you're under unbelievable scrutiny in politics. Your opponents will try to find anything they can against you. So if if you hire somebody who was in prison, it should be somebody who was in prison for something that you think is right. You know, for example, if you, if you run a campaign, you know, pro-freedom campaign, you might hire somebody who was in prison for standing up to, to tyranny. Uh, and if you're running a pro-terrorist campaign, you might hire somebody who um, was in prison for terrorism. Uh, so I'll keep reading. Tlaib additionally used a pro-terrorist... Well, just yeah. quickly, let me step in. Maybe she was just hi hiring UNRWA employees and, uh, you know, they just happened to be Hamas. I mean, you never know. Yeah. So this report and the update on the report is um, before before the uh, the recent UNRWA scandals came out. Um, although although people knew what UNRWA was back then, but uh, you know now now there's now it's a bit more difficult to deny. Um, so Tlaib additionally used a pro-terror Facebook page, Pack USA, to raise funds for her 2018 campaign, uh, congressional campaign. Tlaib gave the founder of Pack USA the position of chairman of the finance committee for Rashida Tlaib for Congress. He used it to promote 12 fundraisers in eight states entirely with her support. Uh, in 2015, Tlaib co-founded the Detroit-based anti-American, anti-Israel, pro-terror hate group Black for Palestine. A co-founder used the group to conduct activism with members of the Marxist-Leninist Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, which is designated as a terrorist, as a foreign terrorist organization. Yeah, uh, we've mentioned the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine a few times uh, here on on our shows, we don't mention them much because they're not they they're not as big as they used to be. But they they're uh, they're uh, you know a terrorist organization that has been a while around for a while. Uh, they murdered a um, a member of uh, an Israeli minister about twenty years ago uh, in his hotel room. Uh, yeah, so that's that's some of the some of the stuff uh, that's that there is on on her again. There's more there um and and again like these are these are details that uh, you can say all right you know i i voted for someone i didn't know all this this report came out after i voted for them well yeah but you heard her talk and if you hear, hear her talk uh, you know where she stands and this is not it's not a departure from what she says it is consistent it's consistent behavior hiring uh people with links to terrorism uh yeah and you really can't uh like as a voter, you really cannot escape like the responsibility of, you know, you are voting in who is like representing you. Like again, just to bring up the uh, example of Slovakia, we just vote for parties and we pretty much just get whatever they pick to be on the candidate. Uh, we have a certain amount of choice. We can, you can like circle certain candidates to get them up front, but it's usually whoever is in the top, whatever it's who actually gets in. So you can somewhat like try to escape the responsibility, but no, it, this is your district. This is who you vote for. And yeah, you have to like anyone who actually votes for her, you have to realize this is actually what you're doing. You're actively 
like supporting not only destruction of Israel, but I I mean it, it's gonna come here at some point. I mean it, Israel is like really a gate for these sort of Islamists to come uh, basically to West. I mean they will not stop at Israel. I mean they will not stop at you know just taking back all of West Bank or taking back Gaza. They will go for all of Israel and then they will go further because because it's not about some sort of like rationality there is no like it's not about life for them it's not about prospering if if it was they could have had it a long time ago it, it is ultimately about destroying west and whatever it represents and it just happens to be that what is represented in the Middle East as the West is currently Israel. Yeah. And when we in the West stick our hand, heads in the in the sand, you know, the results, um, we we see them. Uh, America knew of, of uh, the, the problem of Islamic terrorism. They knew about bin Laden. They had opportunities to kill bin Laden. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. You know, Clinton famously didn't kill him because uh, 200 civilians would have died in, in uh, that attack. So he didn't uh, kill bin Laden and 200 civilians and uh, got 9-11 um, as, as uh, you know, as his reward for that. And uh, Israel, the same. We've been talking about how Israel would always have these pinpoint uh, responses, would go on operations, even when they went on widespread operations, you know, after after many, uh, many rockets, you know, if it was one or two or a couple dozen, they wouldn't do anything. If it was a few days of rockets, they would do a bit more. But it was always with the stated goal of not destroying Hamas because all Hamas does is fire rockets and do the occasional terrorist attack. And, and Israel is continuing that today, by the way. You know, yesterday there was a terrorist attack. Somebody was murdered. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it came from the West Bank, and we still see nothing of significance being done in the West Bank. Um, and, uh, and, and these people, whether it's, it's Hamas leaders, Hamas uh, operatives, or Hamas representatives in the West, like Rashid Atleib, see that as a sign of weakness and, um, you know, as a sign of weakness and as a sign that they should keep going and keep doing what they're doing because it is working. And of course, uh, with, you know, with that uh, 30 second clip that we saw, the crying, the, the language about children, uh, she she's targeting Western sensibilities, you know, Western sensitivities. Uh, she's she's very much speaking to Westerners in, in ways that I don't know if, if uh, like terrorists, uh, the terrorists that she supports, she speaks differently in uh, in, in Arabic. But um, uh, yeah, Anyway, let's. We have a few minutes left. Let's uh, quickly read some of the um, updates that they had on the Canary mission. Yeah, let, let me uh, just quickly say something because uh, you reminded me of the Arabic. Uh, everyone should check out uh, Arabic Wikipedia on October seventh. It's something completely different than what English version says. Like it, uh, it almost makes no mention of like terrorist attack, terrorism, or anything like that. Uh, you can use like the feature to translate it from Arabic to English, but it's really crazy to see. Yeah, and you know, I um, I saw this tweet about a, a month ago, uh, which I also uh, read out, but I'm not going to try to find it now. Of, of somebody, uh, somebody who's Los Angeles based, saying, uh, "Look, you have to understand that in the Arab world, October seventh, because oh, this was around the uh, the restaurant called October seventh that that opened in Jordan." And he said, "You have to understand." 
in the Arab world, we don't see it the way you see it. We see it as a as a victory, which which is a telling moment. You know, we, uh, the Arabs uh, pretend now that they're concerned about children. They're not. They're they're concerned about not being able to murder Jews as easily as they did uh, before, and not being and and not having that recognized as the uh, great victory that it was. Um, so, uh, just from this report, quickly, other uh, key findings. Um, so. Uh, I think this is similar to something I already read, but it is an update that they have here, which is that the uh, uh, the Black for Palestine activist group that Labe co-founded in 2015 worked publicly <clears throat> publicly with terrorists from the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine no less than eight times from 2016 to 2020. Um, and uh, okay, there's there's more in there. We don't have time to. Uh, read it but i do think it's it's important um for people to look closely at, uh, at, at these people at people like rashida Tlaib, who are now uh prominent within western countries we've talked about the enemy within uh on on our shows many times and uh, uh we need to we need to take note before it is too late um on the reality show, we'll talk about whether or not Hamas has an enemy within, whether or not there is any genuine opposition among the Palestinians to uh, to Islamic terrorism. And um, uh, yes, Bonnie, the report isn't in the chat. You will see it later in the description. Um, thanks, Daniel. I can see we're running late. So thanks. We will uh, see you all. Have we thank the Super Chatters? Oh, I did not thank uh, the Super thank Thank you, Jonathan Honig, for three ninety nine, and thank you, Bonnie, for uh, ninety nine cents. And I will say that the daily objective tomorrow will be a debate between me and Jonathan about uh, Netanyahu. So that is uh, an episode that I hope you will all uh, watch. Who's gonna the be pro? Will be, what? Who's gonna be pro Netanyahu? Well, the question will be: um, Is should he uh, resign or be fired, or uh, and so? And I, and I am on the side that yes, he should go. He should have gone a long time ago. He should go today. Uh, it will be. It will be interesting. Um, so make sure you tune in for that and stay tuned for the reality show in about ninety seconds. Thanks, Daniel. Um, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.